Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Patience Adamu. And I'm Curtis Vermont. And this is The Drip, a podcast about political decision making during a racial revolution. Stay tuned as we parse through the weekly decisions being made by our political leaders that impact the Black community. You ready? Let's do it. On this week's episode, we discuss some of the top headlines from the week of December 6th, including Pfizer's vaccine being approved for Canadians. Trudeau getting more serious about climate change. BIPOC entrepreneurs get a boost via not Amazon.ca. Rethinking the death penalty, considering the case of Brandon Bernard. And Iwaju joins the Disney family. Kicking things off with our politics segment. Health Canada has given the green light to Pfizer's COVID vaccine. So far, Canada's got 250,000 doses on the way that'll arrive before the end of the year. Merry Christmas. Now, I got to be honest, we really got to get an epidemiologist on here to discuss all this because they'd definitely enrich the conversation. But today, we'll we'll just discuss some of the basics of, of the news. Now, according to phase three trials of the vaccine, it's very safe in that the trial involved 44,000 people. Half of those were given the vaccine and the other half were given a placebo, a placebo being a fake drug that makes people think that they took the vaccine. None of the 44,000 people knew whether they got the vaccine or the placebo. Now for context as well, the goal of the vaccine was to see if it prevented mild to severe COVID in people who hadn't already been infected by the virus. So they asked the 44,000 people to go about their daily lives. After the trial period ended, they had enough data to clearly show effectiveness. The data being that of 170 people in the study who caught COVID-19, 162 people were in the placebo group, while eight were in the vaccine group. That works out to 95% efficacy against the disease, fam. The vaccine was also tested on people from the U.S., Germany, Turkey, South Africa, Brazil, and Argentina. 10% were Black, 26% were Hispanic, and 4% were Asian. Honestly, when I read about that 10% being Black, I was like, interesting. I'm I'm happy they highlighted that. The vaccine was also tested on people with some of the well-known underlying conditions that we all know about uh, that make COVID worse, right? So 35% of the participants were obese. 8% of the participants had diabetes, 8% had pulmonary disease. The trial enrolled just over 1,700 people who were 75 and older, and apparently it was really good for them because, get this, there were no cases of COVID-19 detected in people over 75 who received the real shot, and five in that age cohort of the placebo group. So that's basically why public health guidelines recommend that frontline healthcare workers, long-term healthcare workers, adults in Indigenous communities, and people in their late 70s and 80 plus get the vaccine first. The expectation is that the general public will have access to it by April and subject to Canadian approval, all vaccines will be available to Canadians between July and December. 
Now, what annoys me about all this is that I'm going to have to drive all the way downtown just to get it. Same with you, patients. Take this in. There are only 14 locations where all Canadians can be vaccinated due to the freezing storage requirements. The territories won't even get one. So I got one of my boys teaching up in the Calouet right now. He's going to have to fly home. Wow. There'll be two for all of BC, both of them based in Vancouver, two in Alberta, one in Calgary and one in Edmonton, one for all of Saskatchewan in Regina, one for all of Manitoba in Winnipeg, two for all of Ontario, one in Toronto. Uh, and that's going to be at Universal, uh, rather, you know, I'm thinking about movies, University Health Network and the other in Ottawa at the Ottawa Hospital, two for Quebec and Montreal and Quebec City, so on and so forth. Basically, only up to two largest cities in a whole province will get a site. That's so wild. Wow. I can already see people from all over rural and Carter's Ontario making trips to the six uh, instead of us going out to them. In the summer. Speaking of which, uh, we here in Ontario are getting 6,000 doses by Monday and we'll have another 90,000 by the end of the year. What do we, what do we think about all that, patients? I mean, this is massive. I don't think anyone anticipated them being available as early as the top of next year. I'm really excited to see how this changes the way that we're living right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the big, the next big thing is making sure that most people get it or take it rather, and we've already talked about that. So uh, as long as we can increase the threshold of maybe uh, up to 70% of Canadians who take the vaccine, then we're all in clear waters. And hopefully, you know, 2022 will completely be back to, well, hold on. We shouldn't say back to normal, right? But we should say completely virus-free. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, there you go. Moving on to more climate change news. We've been on a bit of a, a climate change news trend lately. The federal government plans to triple the carbon tax and spend more than $15 billion to pass Canada's 2030 greenhouse gas emissions reduction targets. The plan was released by PM Trudeau Friday, and he characterized it saying, quote, we know that Canadians understand that it can no longer be free to pollute anywhere in the country, end quote. Polls show Canadians agree. The new spending will include a $1.5 billion fund to increase the production and use of low-carbon fuels like hydrogen, renewable natural gas, and diesel, $6.1 billion for retrofits to residential, community, and commercial buildings, uh, $964 million to modernize the electrical grid, and $300 million to help remove Indigenous communities transition from diesel fuel. Yo, dog, that home rental construction industry is going to boom. Patients, you're going to be happy soon, aren't you? For sure. The Liberals will also consider imposing a carbon adjustment at the border, which would effectively put a carbon tax on imports from jurisdictions that don't have their own in place and plan to increase the stringency of methane emission standards by 2035. So how does this all make us feel, patients? I mean, definitely, obviously, I I work in the construction industry, so a boost to the construction industry is a good thing. I really, really hope that this helps us control what is kind of the the impending doom of increased floods and, you know, melting of of ice caps in the north and all of these things that that don't, that that aren't good for Canada and aren't good for for the way that that we have been living for the in the recent past. So I really really hope that people are seeing the connection between our efforts with environmental sustainability and the the perceived gains that we'll get in in a couple of years in in 10, 15, 20 years. I'll give you an example. This summer, I don't know if we covered this story, but Calgary 
got hail. I mean, but no, we didn't cover the story. Calgary mm-hmm. got hail the size of, of like tennis balls and the amount of damages continues to kind of add up. And, and it's, it's close to a billion dollars worth of damages mm-hmm. from a storm. So I think when, when people are, are thinking about, you know, our environmental sustainability efforts, they should think about it in terms of insurance, in terms of what this, what this really does cost us if we just neglect these kinds of efforts and continue to live the way that we've been living. That's exactly it. Um, you know, in terms of opposition reaction, the conservatives, they hate it. Doug Ford said it'd be the worst thing we ever seen as if deaths from COVID aren't worse or that, you know, <laughs> we, already, we, <laughs> we already have a carbon tax and those arguments didn't work last time because we had an election since then and Justin Trudeau is still prime minister. And again, polls show most Canadians take climate change seriously and expect their leaders to as well, minus the conservatives. The NDP and the Greens say it doesn't go far enough. That might be because the plan also narrows the scope of what applies under the carbon tax to liquid fossil fuels like gasoline, diesel, and oil, while leaving out gas and solid fuels, which was supposed to happen. Business groups like the Canadian Association of Petroleum Producers praised that move. I don't know. It sounds like a decent balance to me, though. Moving on to blackity black black news, our first story is is about something that we're very passionate about. Everyone knows how Curtis and I are big proponents of the little guy, and for small businesses in particular, and like we love real allyship, real real allyship. This week, we learned about a woman right here in Toronto who is doing her part to support small and local businesses through a website called NotAmazon.ca. Here's a story. On November 22nd, the day before Toronto went into a second partial lockdown, Ali Haberstraw, a social media manager, built a spreadsheet with categories and links to local shops to remind herself to shop locally. She then shared her spreadsheet on her Instagram account. Then she decided to turn it into a website, not-amazon.ca. In the three weeks since the site has gone live, it's had over 100,000 views, grown to 500 listings in the Toronto area, and then expanded to include another 1,500 local businesses in Halifax, Vancouver, and Calgary. Haber Strauss said she wanted to create a space that highlighted BIPOC-owned businesses. Lots of businesses didn't even know that they were being added to the list and were surprised to find that they were being supported like this. I think this is really, really important stuff to do. And I love, honestly, that it's being done by someone who's outside of the community. There's so much labor and and work and organization involved in in kind of building a website and and promoting all these businesses from links and, you know, addresses and phone numbers and all that stuff. And I don't know, I think it's it's a really, it puts me in the holiday spirit to see a white woman do this for, for the community. According to a survey by Accenture, 71% of Canadian consumers were planning to shop online this holiday season because of the COVID-19 pandemic, and 57% were looking to buy more locally sourced products. The study was conducted in October and surveyed 1,537 Canadian consumers online. Further, according to the latest survey from the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, 56% of Ontario's small businesses who responded said that they will not easily survive the second wave of shutdowns. Curtis, what are your thoughts on not-amazon.com? 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, all that needs to happen now is uh, not dash Amazon.ca partnering with Uber because uh, I don't know. I think you saw patients as well that Uber, I think as of last week, they're going to be partnering with small businesses to offer same day delivery over the holiday season. Mm-hmm. So uh, very good news for small business owners. Very good news for for uh for for people of color uh well we're, we're speaking from a black perspective here so for black business owners mm-hmm. um i hope that they are well represented on the site and they uh they make their money moving on to news from the world this week a lot of discussion has been taking place about the death penalty in the united states Brandon Bernard was executed by the federal government on Thursday, December 10th at the Federal Correctional Center in Terre Haute, Indiana, according to the Bureau of Prisons. Bernard, 40 years old, was one of five, and I'm using this word lightly here, gang members convicted in Texas of killing Stacy and Todd Bagley, who were youth ministers in 1999, 21 years ago. The gunman, the person who actually killed the couple, Christopher Vialva, was executed in September, while the other co-defendants were given lesser sentences. Bernard was pronounced dead at 9.27 p.m., and he was the youngest person in the United States to receive a death sentence in nearly 70 years, and again, for a crime he committed when he was 19 years old. His execution was scheduled this fall by the government, and it was the ninth execution since Attorney General William Barr announced restarting federal executions after a 17-year hiatus, a decision that has been fraught with controversy, especially during a global pandemic, and really could have easily been halted had they waited to schedule the execution until after the inauguration on January 20th. A number of people had been calling for a stop to this execution, including Kim Kardashian West, Congresswoman Ayanna Presley, and and even Reverend Jesse Jackson, all called on the president to commute the sentences or pardon one or or all of the inmates uh, scheduled for execution. And 23 elected and former prosecutors filed an amicus brief on Wednesday in support of Bernard's appeal due to allegations of prosecutorial misconduct. Despite all of this, this pressure and, and, and this consortium of people who, who believed that, that this man should be taken off of death row, the Supreme Court denied the petition with three justices issuing public 
dissents. This is calling into question whether the death penalty is an appropriate form of punishment given the many issues we know exist in the U.S. criminal justice system, in particular for Black people who have reduced access to justice. I want to say rest in peace to Brandon Bernard, but I'm really curious, Curtis, what do you think we can do about this? What do you think about what has recently happened? Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I think I should start from my perspective of, of talking about um, capital punishment um, and whether or not it's it's something that we should have in a mm-hmm. in an advanced society like you know whether we're talking about the United in, in the West anywhere in the West um, you know the, the reality for a lot mm-hmm. of people who support capital punishment who support death the death penalty they they do so because they think that it is the quickest most effective form of of justice um, when in reality it actually isn't. Yeah, I mean, look, when when you look at the reality of how the criminal justice system works, in fact, not only are there many people who are guilty who get off scot-free, but there are many people who are innocent, who perish, um, or who are just swallowed whole by the criminal justice system. Um, there's also the reality that when it comes to the death penalty, it costs so much money. Why? It costs so much money because of appeal after appeal after appeal because uh, those who are on death row um, are afforded that that right and and so I bring that up because a lot of people who are 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 for the death penalty they a lot of like I said they they think it's the quickest thing it's efficient it's 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 over and done with but that's actually one of the ways to clog the system up. Right. So if you're thinking about having an effective system that renders justice, that just isn't the way it just isn't. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, this this reminds me of the, 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 the Charleston church shooting where, you know, Dylan Roof, a 21 year old white man, entered a church and shot and killed nine people, black people at Bible study. And what I always remember from this story is that on the way to the jail, where where he was going to be, you know, put put in a cell. They stopped at Burger King because Dylan was hungry. Yeah, they 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 respected his humanity. And you know, that respect for the for his humanity doesn't end with Burger King, right? It yeah. it, it continues with with what Curtis was saying earlier about his access to um, appeals and and opening the case and closing the case. They started by saying, you know, uh, Dylan should be excused because he has autism. And then Dylan said, no, I don't have autism. And he's he's put on the he's put on death row and taken off death row and and all of these things. And this is a single gunman who entered a church and shot and killed nine people. Mm. Whereas Brandon Bernard was not the gunman, mm. and still you know has a, a, a reduced access to to justice and and there are some some serious kind of gaps in the in the story and it it just shows me a, a bit of you know differential access i'm not saying that dylan roof necessarily belongs on on death row i'm just really talking about you know who we are uh, our, our identities do have a lot um, of power that they offer a status in terms of what what levels of, of human rights we are 
um, given and afforded versus um, those of, of others. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll wrap up with my 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 political versus human thought. Um, you know, my 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 human side. It, it, you know, it says that on the one hand, I, I don't believe in the death penalty because we see how often it's abused. Right? It's clear that it's abused, and obviously those who have historically had their necks under the boot of the system, particularly black and indigenous people, we bear the brunt of it. Um, So why would I want that proliferated? At the same time, I'll I'll say this first, you know, we have to remember that we as human beings are emotional beings and I find Mm -hmm. it really hard to, or ineffective, I should say, to tell somebody who may have just lost their significant other because I don't know, um, I mean, what? Re- yeah, a drive-by shooting rendered their their significant other dead. It's hard for me to tell that person that they should not want the person who killed their significant other dead too. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard. I understand why it shouldn't be that way, but emotions get in the way. Moving on to a happier story. On December 10th, Disney announced that they were making a Wakanda-level collaboration with a Black-owned media company. Fed up with non-Africans telling non-African stories, three friends from Nigeria and Uganda created Kugali Media in 2017 to tell stories out of the continent. Through the ed- through the entertainment company, the friends created a comic book collection called Iwaju, set in the futuristic Lagos, Nigeria's largest city. Iwaju roughly translates to the future in the Yoruba language spoken in West Africa. This past Thursday, that collection was picked up as a new TV series by Walt Disney Animation Studios. This is the first time in a really, really long time that we are going to see an animated series that is centered on black content uh, and made by black creators. So congratulations to Kigali. Wonderful news. Did you, uh, just on the subject of uh, Wakanda, Mm -hmm. did you hear that uh, they're not going to be recasting Black Panther? No. They're not going to be recast. So what, what is the term here? Basically, they're not going to... They're not going to replace Chadwick Boseman. Exactly. But how? Exactly. So I didn't actually read the story, but here's what I know about the industry. It is possible to have your... what's I forget the actual term, but you're basically your likeness used in, in digital form. Oh. They did it in Star Wars. They've done it in a couple other movies. And like it's been critically acclaimed. People love it. So um, it's been done before, basically. And so there's no problem with doing it again. That's going to be freaky. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're gonna go in and watch it, and you're like, oh my god, like this guy's dead. Like, yeah, oh. and he's gonna be moving and doing everything because <sighs> it's digital. Yeah. yeah. So jump into questions for the audience. This week, we spoke about the untimely execution of Brandon Bernard in the U.S. and how criminal justice is rendered for different groups. With that in consideration, do you believe in capital punishment? Slide in our DMs and let us know this week. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We're releasing pods on a weekly basis, so subscribe to stay up to date. We now have our own Instagram page dedicated to the podcast. Follow us at The Drift To You. Black people, we hope that you know that this is a safe space for you. 
So if you have any feedback or questions, feel free to slide in our DMs and let us know what's up. We'd also like to give a special shout out to Stephen Fissett, who graciously provided artwork for this podcast. If you like what you see, you can find him on Instagram at Scarborough Debutante. That's Scarborough, D-E-B-U-T-A-N-T-E, for all your graphic design needs. See y'all next time.